I may proclaim to you the word of our God as we read that. We'll pay particular attention to what we find in John chapter 15, the first five verses. Let's read those verses again. I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away, and every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you. As a branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. So far. After the sermon, we will continue singing from Psalm 80, stanzas 5, 6, and 8. <coughs> Dear brothers and sisters in our Lord Jesus Christ, do you know who you are? What is your identity? Now, there are a variety of things that can knock us off stride and make us feel down and unsure about our identity. Why did God put us on this earth? As young people, teenagers, and adults too, we struggle to find our place in our family, our circle of friends, and in the church community. And sometimes our circumstances or the things that have happened to us or to our loved ones makes us feel disillusioned, bitter, frustrated, or even resentful. So much of what we do is determined by what we surmise other people are thinking about us. We view who we are by comparing ourselves with others and what they think of us. Our identity gets associated with and determined by our possessions, our accomplishments, achievements in life, our friends and family. Sometimes we let our identity be determined by our past hurts, or we let our identity be controlled by our hopes for the future. Beloved, I get myself as an individual into a heap of trouble if I think of my identity in terms of how I feel, what others think of me, or if my identity is associated with what is fleeting in life. I was created by God. I am His child. That's my identity. Sin messes around with my personal identity. And it makes me look at others from an entirely incorrect point of view. How often don't we judge others by what they do, what they accomplish, what they own, their group of friends, or the family to which they belong? But that 
is not how the Bible will have us view ourselves or how we should view each other. You and I need to understand that our identity is in the Lord Jesus. We are in Christ. And every one of us needs to experience this because it is the one thing that changes everything. It changes how I view myself, how I view others, how I view my sexuality, how I interact with others. The driving reason behind many of the struggles that we face today is our lack of comprehending what it means to be in Jesus. I am in union with Christ. And this is the way I am to view myself, and this is the way I am to educate my children, and this is the way I am to expect you to treat me. Don't identify me as an individual with what I do or what I have, or look at me negatively or positively because my last name is Feenstra. My personal identification is in Christ. I belong to Him. And being identified with Christ also means that I am identified with His church. Our personal identity is identified with our corporate identity and is never separate from it. And that means that you may not live as a recluse, having no interest in others because you belong to Jesus and to the body of Christ. Oh, I did not apply for this or earn it. I belong to the church as one who is identified with the Lord Jesus. And this identity is what determines who I am and how I should live out my life. If we do not see our place within the body of Christ, we are acting out of character with who we are. Now, all of these things are brought to light in the passage of Scripture before us this morning. Christ highlights how we are connected to and how we are in union with him. And he does so in the imagery and with the metaphor of vine and branches. So let's listen to the instruction of our Lord Jesus under the following theme. Christ, the true vine, instructs us to live as his branches. And we'll look at three things. What he gives through the vine... Second, what he cuts off the vine. And third, what he expects from the vine. So Christ, the true vine, instructs us to live as his branches. What he gives through the vine, what he cuts off the vine, what he expects from the vine. Now when our Lord Jesus Christ says, I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser, or another word for vine dresser is gardener, he uses imagery well known to the disciples and to every Jew. Vineyards were prominent in the hill country of Judea, where the natural contours of the land provided excellent slopes and terraces. 
and the harvesting of grapes for wine was an important part of Israel's economy. Now, in the Bible, the vine symbolizes peace, prosperity, and a settled habitation. In the Old Testament, the people of Israel are often referred to as the Lord's vine. Think, for example, of Psalm 80. There we read, you transplanted a vine from Egypt, you drove out the nations and planted it. You cleared the ground for it, and, took, and it took root and filled the land. And think also of what you find written about Israel in Isaiah 5. There, the Lord speaks at length about his people, again with the metaphor of a vineyard. And God uses this imagery to point out what's wrong with his people. They don't want to be identified with God or with his truth. And so the prophet writes, the vineyard of the Lord of hosts is the nation of Israel and the people of Judah are the vines he delighted in. And he looked for justice, but saw bloodshed, for righteousness, but he heard cries of distress. Now, considering this, isn't it all the more remarkable that our Lord Jesus uses this imagery to refer to himself and his disciples? He identifies himself with a people who are cruel, corrupt, and deserving condemnation. This is the way the people of God were in the old dispensation. And the expectations for the new shouldn't be any different. And yet God, yet Christ is not ashamed to identify himself with his disciples or with us because he binds himself to us to redeem us from ourselves and from our sins. The true vine and its branches represent the relationship between Christ and the church, the church of the new covenant. And Jesus binds himself to his people. Jesus Christ is the true vine presents himself as the personal guarantee for the life and the fruitfulness of the New Testament people of God. He points to himself as the one who has life in himself and who is able to give life. We are dead in our sins, but we are made alive through union with him, through his sacrificial death, in his position as the promised Messiah, he makes a selfish, self-absorbed, reluctant and rebellious people fruitful and useful for the edification of his church and the advancement of his kingdom. But how are we connected and bonded to Christ? By faith. Faith, you can say, is the sap that flows forth from the vine into the branches, providing us with life, with health and spiritual blessings. Being identified with Christ, having communion with him, the true vine, we receive security. We receive a rich portion both in this life 
and the life to come. We have peace with the Father, forgiveness of sins and the renewal of our will and conscience, the righteousness, sanctification, wisdom, and redemption which we so desperately need. They flow from the vine to the branches. Outside of Christ, the true vine. There is no communion with the Father, no real enjoyment, life, power, or deliverance. And whatever we try to accomplish in our families, in the communion of saints, in our personal lives, will only have sense and meaning through Christ who strengthens us. We are not our own, but we belong with body and soul to our faithful Savior. And He gives us growth, and He enables us to produce fruit. And yet, brothers and sisters, Christ does not take all the credit for what He gives as the true vine. He is the true vine of the vineyard of His heavenly Father. The vine dresser, the gardener, devotes loving attention and care to the vine and the branches. He tills the ground and tends the vine by busying himself with its branches. And so God the Father, as the vine dresser, planted Jesus Christ, the true vine, in the world. He gave his Son so that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. And we are made alive through Christ. Yes, the life we receive running through us from the vine is the result of the love of the Father for us as children. Our Heavenly Father wants to see the work of his Son bear fruit in us. And so he reaches out to us in tender mercy and compassion through his beloved Son so that when the world sees us, they see the work of the Father. You see, our identity needs to be entirely God-centered. Christ was commissioned by his Father to bring forth fruit. And just as a vine is not useful unless it produces fruit, so Christ, in a much more comprehensive and complete manner, must bring forth fruit. His work of redemption cannot be without results. The fruit of all his suffering and pain is a people chosen and destined to everlasting life. And this people reap the benefits of being united and connected with him. They receive strength. They receive refreshment, nourishment. The true vine produces fruit for the joy and pleasure of God and people. And those, fruit, those fruits manifest themselves in, in part today, but on the new earth it will be enjoyed in fullness. And yet, not all those who are connected to the vine bear fruit. And this is what we are to discuss in our second point. 
For Jesus says that he cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. The branches that do not bear fruit are no longer permitted to have association with the vine. The vine dresser, the gardener, is not looking for branches, but he's looking for fruit on the branches. And note well, Christ is not talking about people who have no bond with him at all. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, he says. So the dead branches that he removes are people who have been baptized, either as adults or children, but who do not respond to the promises and the demands of the covenant. Dead branches are people who have publicly professed their faith in the Lord but who are not wholly committed to him and to his service. These branches are members of the church and they bear the name Christian, but they do not live in Jesus. They do not see the security of their life tied to the Lord Jesus. And as a consequence, they show no love to each other. For did you notice how Christ in this passage weaves a second theme. The disciples, those who are in the vine, those who find their identity in the Lord Jesus are also committed to each other. They are to love each other to the point of being willing to lay down their life for each other. Well, brothers and sisters, what does this tell us? Well, it conveys a very simple but serious message. It isn't enough to be a member of the church, to be baptized or to bear the name Christian. You and I must be connected to Jesus as living members of the church. You need to be loyal to each other. The gardener cuts off every branch that does not bear fruit. The branch may need to be severed from the vine. A person is separated and disengaged from Christ when no faith is found within his or her life. And how does the gardener prune away dead branches? Well, he does it through the process of church discipline. The church community must carry through with faithful discipline a discipline that does not start in the consistory room, but in the mutual discipline in the congregation. And that discipline is done to win the sinner and to cause growth. But if the desired growth isn't found, the member is cut off from communion with Christ and his people. And that's a terrible thing when that needs to happen. Brothers and sisters, church discipline is no light matter. When discipline takes place according to the scriptures, then you must see the gardener at work pruning you to bear more fruit, cutting away the branches that do not belong. If a person does not remain in Christ, he is removed from the vine. 
The dead branches are gathered, thrown into the fire and burnt. Now sometimes individuals will try to back out of the procedure of church discipline by withdrawing from the church. And they will usually lash out at the church, claiming that the church is the root of their problems. They haven't been there the way they should have been for them. And usually it is all about what others have not done for them. When in fact, the issue often runs deeper. They are not connected to Christ. They have lost their sense of identity. And the person involved may think that it is an easier and safer way out, but the Lord Jesus wants us to think hard about what we are doing when we sever the tie. Whoever belongs to Jesus should not think lightly about the congregation he is gathering. Our identity with Christ, as we said earlier, is a corporate identity. We are part of the vine, part of the body of Christ. And we also need to understand that not all other branches will be visible to us in this life. A branch that is cut off does not look dead immediately. It can look green for some time afterwards. Hypocrites act like believers, but they are not. And their unfruitfulness will be made apparent on the day of judgment. They give the appearance of being pious and identify to Christ, but they are not. You see, it is possible to sit in the church without having a real living connection with Christ. Judas was a disciple of Christ, and he enjoyed all the privileges of being in the inner circle of the disciples. And others may have thought very highly of him. He seemed to be a man that was concerned about the poor. They may have been impressed with what they saw. Yet all our achievements for the kingdom are worth nothing if they do not stem from faith. You may know your Bible inside out, have a clear sense of how the church should be governed, be cautious of what you deem to be wrong trends and warn against the slippery slope and still miss the connection to Jesus. Beloved, you and I are to take membership in the Church of Christ very seriously because it has everything to do with who we are. So take the time to examine your life, to evaluate and test your motivations and your opinions, and ask yourself the question, Am I really showing myself to be a living member of the church in those few hours that I meet with fellow members on a Lord's Day? Is that the extent of it? Am I sitting here with the right attitude in listening and singing 
In prayer? Do I come to church awed by the wonder of being connected to Jesus and that in Him I receive the forgiveness of sins and the renewal of life? Can I say I am a living branch? If I do not seek out those whom God has put beside me as my brother and my sister, or if I get hung up on how the other branches are always causing me hurt. Remember, we are bonded to Christ. Our identity with each other is because of Him. Brothers and sisters, fruits of faith may not be absent when we have a living connection to the Lord Jesus Christ and to His people. You don't see a vineyard of disconnected branches. The identity of the branches is in the vine. Oh, we may feel justified and have all our reasons for sticking to ourselves because of what others have done to us. We've been hurt. We've been bullied. And that's understandable. But it's not biblical. Because the scriptures point us to seek our identity in Christ and with his people and to love each other. And being able to do so is a fruit of being connected and remaining in the true vine, the Lord Jesus. And that brings us to our last point. The fruit he expects from the vine. In the verses 4 and 5, the Lord Jesus says, Abide in me as I also abide in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you abide in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. So to bear fruit, we must remain in the Lord Jesus. And what exactly does Jesus Christ mean when he says, abide in me or remain in me? Well, first of all, it, it means to believe Jesus as the incarnate, resurrected, and ascended Lord of glory. And to express this faith. The same Apostle John writes in one of his letters, whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God remains in him and he in God. So that's first. And secondly, abiding or remaining in Jesus Christ means letting ourselves be led on the path of keeping his commandments. Remaining in Christ and doing his will belong together. And thirdly, abiding in Christ has consequences for how we relate to one another. Whoever desires to remain in the vine must devote loving attention to the other branches. And in the fourth place, abiding in Christ includes how we listen to the word of the Lord. 
Again, the Apostle John has something to say about this in his first letter. He says, what, let what you have heard from the beginning remain in you, then you will remain in the Son and in the Father. Abiding in the Son, we have the promise that He will remain in us. Abide in me and I in you. And when we as branches abide in the vine, then the vine will manifest his life-giving powers. Fruit will come. And what are these fruits? Well, these fruits include good motives, desires, attitudes, dispositions, words, deeds, all springing from faith. It is trust and repentance and self-denial, love, thankfulness, zeal, joy in the Lord, hatred of sin, a desire to fight against evil, a seeking of the things that are above where Christ Jesus is, a hunger and thirst for righteousness, prayer, knowledge of sin, humility, kindness, patience, self-control. Yes, these are the fruits that the Father delights in and give glory to his name. Well, are such fruits visible in your and my life? None of us can say or answer that with an unequivocal or decisive yes. Because bearing fruit is an ongoing process. The Lord has to get out his pruning shears on a regular basis to cut away what stunts the growth and hinders the production of fruit. He needs to cut away whatever does not serve the benefit of his people. He needs to cut off our unbelief, our lust for power and for money, our desire to get our own way, and all those things that threaten to distract us and distance us from Jesus. He has to prune away our pride and our self-righteousness and our bitterness and our malice. He has to cut away our stubbornness and our apathy. His pruning shears need to remove the idols of our hearts and those identity thieves that try to loosen our connection to Jesus by making us think that somehow our achievements, our friends, our possessions are more important than our association with Christ. And sometimes, yes, the pruning shears hurt and cause pain and loss. But the Lord, as the gardener, does that to keep us true to the vine. With the sword of the word, he takes away everything that hinders the production of fruit. Christ had already begun this process with his disciples. Having removed Judas Iscariot, 
from the circle of the disciples. And that's why he says in verse 3, you are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Beloved, the Father is glorified when we bear much fruit. And in that way, we show ourselves to be disciples of the Lord Jesus. Well, pray that the redemptive work of Christ may bear fruit in your life, that you may be busy in the service of the Lord in the church, at home, in society, at school, at work, everywhere the Lord places you. Know your personal identity. Know your pin. And know your corporate identity. For the branches and the vine must always be together. Amen.